Welcome to Valuification of Things, your one-stop podcast on the discussion of value and especially business value. This is a forum where your host, Sri Sundaram, will be discussing topics on how to quantify value for practically any scenario. Along the way, we will have business leaders and subject matter experts describing their value journey. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast episode. Hi there, I'm Sri Sundaram, your host. In today's episode, which is second on the topic of ESG, we'll discuss how it is good for the planet and good for the business. ESG stands for Environment, Social and Governance. It's a framework that helps stakeholders understand how an organization is managing risks and opportunities related to environmental, social and governance criteria. We will look at how metrics and KPIs are critical to ensuring success. We'll explore if these metrics need to be looked at from multiple perspectives to ensure greater adoption. Our guest today is David Katzel, who in his day job is busy helping leaders reimagine the future and establish a way to make that future possible. David is a pragmatic futurist with 25 years of digital and cultural transformation experience around the world. He has had various leadership positions at many organizations such as Intel and Microsoft. Hello, David, and welcome to Valification of Things. Sri, hi, good to see you. Delighted to join you today to chat about one of my favorite topics, ESG and its impact on the company in general and its valuation in particular. Good to see you. Fantastic, fantastic. So, David, you've often said what is good for the planet is also good for your business. What do you mean by that? And, And how does ESG help in all of this conversation? This is a simple statement that has complex implications. At a macro level, what is good for the planet is good for a corporation because being sustainability conscious enhances the corporation's reputation, it increases customer loyalty, it results in cost savings, and it helps the company comply with regulations and avoid fines. So just to break this down a little bit, Environmental issues such as climate change, pollution, and depletion of natural resources are becoming major concerns for individuals, governments, and society as a whole. Consumers are more conscious of the impact of their purchasing decisions on the environment and are increasingly seeking out products and services that are eco-friendly. Secondly, Adopting environmentally sustainable practices can result in cost savings for the company. For example, companies can reduce energy consumption, use renewable energy sources, optimize supply chain logistics, and a corporation can lower its operation costs, improve efficiency, and reduce waste, which in turn results in increased profitability, long-term sustainability, and improved valuation for the company. Finally, Companies that are proactive in addressing environmental concerns and sustainability are more likely to comply with government regulations and thereby avoid fines, legal actions, and reputational damages associated with non-compliance. As a side benefit, it also puts them in a good position for government subsidies. So it seems to me, David, that the key to all of the benefits that you just mentioned are metrics and KPIs. Yes. These easy metrics are generally hard to track and manage. In fact, it's very hard to create an accurate and uh, credible sustainability report. What can we then do to ensure that the report is current and that it properly reflects the company's sustainability progress? 
Sri, that's a very insightful question. Firstly, a company must set clear sustainability goals that are measurable and that are aligned with their values and their mission. There are several tools available to track sustainability metrics of a company. We'll speak about them a little later in the conversation, but the best tools will depend on the specific needs of the company and the metrics that are being tracked. The problem we have today is that you can take a company that might have 12 divisions. Each division has a spreadsheet. These 12 people get together once every 12 months for 12 days with 12 pizzas and generate a sustainability report that is immediately 12 months out of date the day it's published. You do need the right tools to track sustainability metrics in near real time. Next, it's important to regularly collect and analyze this data and track progress towards sustainability goals. And these metrics include things like uh, energy usage, greenhouse gas emissions, uh, water usage, waste reduction, and even social impact. The company must engage with stakeholders, and this includes the investors, it includes customers, employees, community members, and we need this for a feedback loop. We need to understand their expectations and concerns related to sustainability, because this helps the company identify areas of improvement and opportunities to strengthen both the company's sustainability efforts and the resulting impact on image. You need third-party audits to review sustainability practices and verify the accuracy of the reporting. And finally, the company must provide transparent and accessible reporting of its sustainability efforts. So this would include regular updates on progress being made towards sustainability goals. It would include challenges faced in future plans. And this all helps build trust with stakeholders and demonstrates a company's commitment to sustainability. You just said, David, that there are examples of sustainability software platforms and tools. Uh, do these make organizations any uh, faster and so they don't have to start from scratch? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Fundamental is a sustainability software platform with connectors to all of the IoT devices and data sources and reporting so that you can capture sustainability situations in near real time. You can measure what if situations, what if I do this, what will be the impact? Um, then there are environmental management systems. So an EMS is a framework that helps organizations manage their environmental impact by setting goals and monitoring performance and taking action to reduce environmental impact. So um, the audience may be familiar with ISO 1401 as an example. Another tool is the lifecycle assessment tool that helps companies analyze the environmental impact of their products and of their services throughout the lifecycle from raw material extraction to disposal. So as you know, I've worked a lot in the automotive space. In this case, we'd be talking about things like tires all the way from the raw material through the assembly and manufacturing, through the use in the vehicle, through the final recycling or disposal. The same applies to automotive batteries. Um, other tools include carbon accounting tools that help the company track their carbon emissions. There are social impact measurement tools to help track and report social impact metrics. And these metrics include uh, employee engagement and community engagement and diversity and inclusion. 
But I want to uh, just go back to the sustainability software platform because this is important. So the product I'm most familiar with is the Microsoft Cloud for Sustainability, which provides a comprehensive set of tools and services to help organizations track, analyze, and improve their sustainability performance. So the kind of thing that the platform does is it helps the company A, set sustainability goals, define targets like carbon neutrality or water stewardship, and so on. The second thing is it does, it helps you measure performance. So it helps you monitor and analyze key sustainability metrics like energy usage, carbon emissions, and water consumption to track your progress so you can identify areas for improvement. Then the ability to generate reports and visualizations is important. Manage sustainability risks, so identify potential risks in, say, a supply chain, and then do what you need to do to mitigate them. It enables you to collaborate with partners. So in this case, I mean suppliers and partners who can improve sustainability performance across your entire value chain. In our previous episode on this topic, we talked about how the IRR on ESG business value is anywhere from 200 to 250%. Now, have you seen that these tools or these reports have a similar kind of picture as well? Does that resonate with your experience also? Sri, I can't speak to the specific percentage percentages and numbers, but what I can say is that the internal rate of return on ESG business value to companies varies depending on the specific company and their ESG initiatives and commitments. However, in general, it is clear that companies that prioritize ESG issues experience positive financial performance and long-term value. And so, for example, there's a report by McKinsey and Company where they found that companies with strong ESG performance have lower cost of capital, are less exposed to risks, and are better positioned to attract and retain talent. There's also research by MSCI, which has shown that companies with high ESG ratings have outperformed companies with lower ESG ratings in terms of stock price performance. I've seen this particularly in the oil, gas, and energy business. So in general, I think you're absolutely correct. I just don't have any specific numbers I can share with you at the moment. Yeah, thanks for that color, David. Let's take a quick break. Right after this, I'll offer to David if you perhaps need to look at the ESG metrics from multiple perspectives to ensure greater adoption. More on that when we come back. This episode of Valuification of Things is sponsored by Valuify. Valuify is a free tool that allows you to create business value models. Go to valuify.net and click download to begin your valuification journey. Welcome back. David, tracking with you so far on how metrics play a key part in the ESG conversation. To make it more effective, I think we need to view it from multiple perspectives. Firstly, from the executive C-suite perspective, and then from the viewpoint of operations, the operational perspectives. How do you see them differ? Sri, at a high level, the C-suite is concerned about meeting government regulations, so there are no fines, 
qualifying for government subsidies and programs, and meeting institutional investor requirements for sustainability awareness. And this has potential significant impact on company value. So operational executives are not fundamentally engaged with sustainability per se. Rather, they care about cutting costs and increasing efficiencies. So for example, um, reimagining decades old processes through a sustainability lens and leveraging data and AI and machine learning and automation to increase efficiencies. For example, operational executives can reimagine their decades old processes through a sustainability lens and leverage data and AI and machine learning and automation to significantly increase efficiencies. Uh, another simple uh, example from an energy perspective is using IoT-connected energy-efficient heating and cooling that leverages the cloud and predictive maintenance to markedly decrease breakdowns in energy costs. Here are some differences in the viewpoints. If we look at strategic versus tactical, C-suite executives are typically focused on long-term strategic direction of the company. They look at government requirements, they want to qualify for government subsidies, they're concerned about sustainability metrics that institutional investors require. On the other hand, the operational executive is a day-to-day -day function. They care about day-to-day -day operations, costs, and efficiencies. Another view is high-level versus detailed. C-suite executives are often more interested in high-level summary metrics that provide a big picture view of the company's sustainability performance. On the other hand, the operational executive is more interested in detailed metrics that help them identify specific areas where improvements can be made. Then we take an external versus internal perspective. C-suite executives are often more concerned with external reporting and communicating the company's sustainability performance to stakeholders such as investors and customers and regulators. Operational executives are more focused on internal reporting and using sustainability metrics to drive operational improvements and cost savings. And then finally, if we look at risk management versus performance improvements, the C-suite executive is more concerned with using sustainability metrics to manage risk and ensure regulatory compliance. Operational executives are more focused on using sustainability metrics to identify opportunities for performance improvement and innovation. So it's important for companies to consider both perspectives when developing their sustainability metrics framework and reporting processes, because each group plays a critical role, and it's a symbiotic role in achieving sustainability goals and improving the value and valuation of the company. Wow, that is indeed insightful, David. Uh, thank you for your time. Your pragmatism on this topic was well appreciated. You, I do want you to come back again and talk to us about perhaps not just sustainability, but also another area of interest, which is the cultural transformation in organizations in the context of the digitized world. Uh, would that be interest to you? Sri, that would be absolutely my pleasure. I'm really looking forward to continuing our conversation. Thank you, David. Thank you for watching this episode. Today, we had David Katzel, seasoned futurist, explaining the criticality of ESG 
in not only making our planet whole, but also ensuring better business for the company. We have talked about how metrics and KPIs are critical to ensuring the success of ESG initiatives. We also talked about how having these metrics at multiple levels is useful for adoption. In future episodes, we will continue to dwell on the valification of things with other thought leaders and industry executives. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this episode of Valification of Things. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. If you did, please share this episode with your friends and family, and don't forget to leave a review. We're always looking for ways to improve and bring in the best content possible. If you want to be featured on this podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at valuification.com. Thank you.